ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How you doing, brother? Good. How about you, Jeremy? Good. Fellow star of the show. <laughs> I love that. I just, every time I hear that intro, I'm just like, this is so good. <laughs> so you just have it on a touchpad on your roadcaster and you just hit that? I do. Right on. Cool. So you've been sending me some uh, pictures via text message lately. Oh, my <laughs> word. Yeah. Is is there like a reptile like store that went out of business and dumped off their their inventory in your yard? You would think. Oh. So that that snake that was up on that that hummingbird feeder, what type was that? Um, I thought at first it was a what we call a black snake. It's a northern black racer or a, whatever. It's a black racer. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Now I do not believe it is that. I believe it's a. What here in Middle Tennessee is a common garter snake. Oh, okay. Which is completely, completely and utterly not even the same kind of snake that we called a garter snake back home where I grew up. Yeah. Because those were just thin, tiny green snakes. Yeah. In fact, they were bright green. Hmm. Not so here. Hmm. What is the if term? you didn't know anything about the like the shape of a snake to, to determine whether or not it's venomous or not. So you can tell that by the shape? Oh, yeah. Um, huh. uh, yes. It's particularly, now there are exceptions to the rule, but not in this country. Hmm. In fact, not even in this continent, I don't think. But um, if it has a... If the head is the same size or narrower than the body, generally, don't worry about it. Okay. You're good to go. But if the if it widens out like an arrowhead, mm-hmm. be be afraid. Interesting. That makes sense, actually. Um, and then, you know, if the other end has a, a set of maracas on it, yeah. you really want to uh, tread lightly. Yeah. Go get, put your boots on and not your Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> or your flip-flops. Yeah. And I, I, I got to stop that story to ask a question. Yeah. When? When? By all that is holy, did we stop calling flip-flops flip-flops and start calling them sliders? Is that what people call them? Well, I some uh, millennial Canadian guy... <laughs> on YouTube, he does a lot of merch uh, to finance his life. Who's this? Off of, you know, YouTube. And he was like, yeah, I got new merch and this and that and the other. I got these new sliders and they're flip-flops. I'm like, really? Who? Which YouTuber is this? Um, It's a Star Wars thing, Star Wars Theory. Oh, okay. He's out west of you, I believe. Ah. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I've never heard sliders before. I've never heard now, that. They're it not the flip flops that go in between your toes. They're the ones that have the band across uh, the whole top of your f- toes. Yeah, I'm wearing a shirt. And those them. are the ones I prefer. I hate the ones that go between your toes because I still remember like the old um uh flip flops that were made from tires. Uh recycled <laughs> Uh, 30 grit sandpaper that just tore up the thing between your toes. Yeah. Anyway, no, just kidding. But not really. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Now, I had a pair of uh, Adidas or Nike, one of the two, um, kind of go across your toes, but they also have a texture that you're, that massage your feet as you walk. Huh. Awesome. Oh, on the bottom? I have, I no, they're on the top of the shoe, but the bottom of your foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like little fingeries. You like those? Uh, now, I have two sets. One I don't like. I hate them. Yeah. Because I have feet issues, right? <laughs> um, I have 
plantar fasciitis. Mm. So if it's too tiny and too pokey, they really, really hurt me. But the other ones are just these gel bumps. Hmm. They're bigger. Than, well, anyway. Oh, my Lord, they're awesome. Like I them. wore them out. Hmm. I wore them until the little gel thing started, you know, wearing oh. through the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, huh. <sighs> you ever wear Birkenstocks? And of course, you can't um, buy them anymore. But what was that last one? Uh, you ever wear Birkenstocks? Uh, years ago, yeah. didn't like them. Hmm. Yeah, they, I find I like them. Like they take a while. You got to break them in. But once they're, I found I had a I had a couple pairs, and then once they're broken in, then they just fall apart. And so they finally get comfortable. You finally mold the cork to your feet, and then all of a sudden they just start degrading. And it's like, oh man. But here's the one for you. Thoughts I had were just all of them back then were just ugly as I don't know. Yeah, they signal hippie. Like, I don't think you can wear Birkenstocks and not tell the whole world at the same time that you hug trees. Well, I had, uh, when I was in England, there was a woman that worked at the pub I went to rarely. And she was uh, Finnish or Swedish, one of the two. But she wore wooden shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, no, I don't wear them out. I wear them to work, you know, when I'm on my feet all day. And they're super comfortable. That's what I've heard. I'm like, that is so odd. Mm-hmm. But then again, y'all are too stupid to move off the iceberg. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. what do you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I, those are countries I'd like to visit someday. They're kind yeah, of me neat. too. I want to go to, well, I might have an, a, a horrible time trying to visit Finland. but Why is that? Their attitude. Oh. Um, A little pretentious. Because they're very standoffish people. Yeah, they are. So, you know, maybe Hmm. I would like that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, A whole race of people that hate people. I think I might be Finnish. We'd fit right in. (laughs) I'm moving today. They probably don't have venomous snakes every day either. Uh, No. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, we had the rattlesnake that Danette saw a couple of weeks ago on her way to the dentist's office. Then uh, I thought I saw one out back here right behind my office where the retaining wall is. And I was like, nah, because there's a lot of algae on it that's textured. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, nah. And then the, the following day or the day after, exact same spot, I'm like, son of a gun. Hmm. That's a rattlesnake. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. So I yeah. go upstairs and uh, attempt to rehome him, and he attacked me, uh, and he died. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. See, we have, like, in Lethbridge, you know where Lethbridge is. Oh, yeah. Getting closer to Montana. Down that I area. I remember it in a drunken haze. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, they, they have rattlesnakes there, and that's about an hour and a half from me. It's a little bit more like deserty there, and so we don't, I don't think we have any poisonous snakes around us. And if you go into like Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is a little east and a little south, um, there's actually some really cool mountain biking in that area. It's kind of like sort of the Badlands, and I, I follow this one Instagram account that it's an association that maintains the trails there. And every now and then they'll put out alerts. Oh, somebody saw a rattlesnake here and here and blah, blah, blah. So we do have them in Canada, but where I live in particular, I don't have to worry about anything. We have garter snakes, but yeah, our garter snakes are kind of like a black and they'll have like, usually it's like a red line and a green line down the back of it. But they're, I think a big one might be two feet long, entirely harmless. And they're actually pretty calm. You can like pick them up and they don't run away that quickly and stuff and but yeah this one um was not running away at all uh, even when i picked it up and tried to move it and uh he's back hmm. obviously and uh then last night after Danette went to bed uh, very often i'll just when i get ready to go to bed i'll turn off everything and just stand at the big picture window in the living room and look out right mm-hmm. see if i can see anything 
And I'm like, because the shop light is over to the right quite a ways, but it's still, it's bright enough to where it puts a, you know, a small amount of illumination. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is my, why is the right frame on my uh, porch love seat moving? I turned the porch light on and he froze. And I'm like, you must live in the cushion. Because that is a thing. If you have uh, uh, outdoor furniture that has cushions, they will live under them, in them, or whatever. Oh, that gives and me. And I'm not any kind of snake, not just harmless ones. That gives me. This woman in town um, had a well. You know when you when you're at a restaurant eating, you hate when like fans come up and say, "Oh, hi, Jeremy. I know you got your mouth full of food, but I want to stand here and bother you for a minute." Well, she was um, lifting up the cushions after winter, you know, in the springtime, and there was a big, uh, enormous black snake, half-eaten uh, copperhead. Oh wow! So. Ugh. Nasty. In that case, I mean, do you let him finish? Because he is killing a venomous snake. I say yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I got a question. So, you know, you got problems with mice. You can put out mice traps. Is there any deterrents, like traps, sprays, or anything you can use to to keep snakes at bay around your house? Yes, they have something called uh, Snake Away. It's sold under many different names. But the active ingredient in it, that keeps the that bothers the snakes is mothballs. Oh, really? So you just buy mothballs and put them out. Ah, uh, I see. Um, now, oddly enough, the snakes hate mothballs, or it bo- it messes up their olfactory, so they have to go someplace else. Mm. Um, it gives me migraines. Ugh. So, yeah, I guess I just deal with headaches. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Man, we had moths of like epic. I don't know what it was, just maybe the L, I don't know whether they hatch or whatever that was, but I'm not joking. The This was probably like three weeks ago. And they kind of like hide in the, all the door, the cracks of the doors and stuff. And I would open up the doors, and I'm not even exaggerating when I said there's probably 300 moths would just come flying at me. Like it was disgusting. And then you look up and the entire shop, like they'd all be up at the lights, you know, flying into them like those idiots do. It, oh, it was so gross. I thought there was like, I thought it was like an end times plague or something like that. I was like, oh my word. And this was when my dad was loading up the back of the shop. And then one night he left his, uh, he's got like a car hauling trailer that he was loading up and he left the doors open, the back open. And, uh, uh, we went into it in the morning just to look at the stuff and him and I both step in and it was like a wall of moths flew out of that thing. It was so gross. Oh, so we got this spray like it's uh, I don't know. It's anyways, we sprayed the entire house down because they tuck up under the siding. You know, like we've got vinyl siding and they, they go under there and we were cleaning the house doing spring clean with a pressure washer. And you start spraying and all of a sudden it's, it's just it's incredible how many moths there were. It's like snowing. I thought, this is gross. We bought this stuff on Amazon, and you spray it all in there, and it actually works really well. We haven't had moths coming around since then, but oh, my word. And then you got to be careful because, you know, you, you open up the door if it's if it's dark outside and you got lights on in the house. You open it up, five moths will come in. Like, it was, I've never seen moths this bad in my life. I guess just the way the weather is or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah, um, the number of them knock on wood, hasn't been as bad for us this year, but the size of them. Yeah. We have this a breed here that I haven't seen here before. They're enormous. They're like death's head moth. I mean, they're mm. huge. Um, if, you, if you pull the wings, you know, stretch them out mm-hmm. as if he were flying, it's wider than my iPad. You kidding me? No. Wow. That is disgusting. Yes. Ugh. And that I is. think the thing that 
creeps me about malls is that wing dust that gets all over you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, you know. I know. And, you know, when you kill them, like, you smack them, they're just, there's nothing to them. Like, they, like they're like, like a powder or something. But one thing we noticed is that it looked like the kids had, like, taken a, a bottle of Coke, shook it up, and then, like, sprayed the front door of the house. And, like, like somebody spilt a pop on here because it's just all this, like, Coke-colored stuff all over. It's moth poop. We found out this moth poop, and it was just so gross. And then I noticed that, like, in my office, in the shop, like, on the on the walls, like, there are tin walls, and I'm like, I'll look, and it's like, oh, there's these little drops. It looks like a little drop of Coke. I'm like, you dirty rotters. It's disgusting. Yeah, you haven't seen disgusting animal poop as far as little things go um, until you had a lot of hummingbirds one year. Oh, really? Disgusting. Huh. Because they drink liquid sugar, so what do you think they poo? <laughs> Candy canes? No. <laughs> Breath mints? No, just black, sticky goo. Really? Liquid, and they just... <laughs> they, everywhere. They ruined... Um, <laughs> they ruined their opportunity to ever be behind the house again. Huh. Let me put it that way. Because the... Uh, <clears throat> it, I had to get razor blade oh, wow. to scrape it off a glass table. Wow. Not even acetone was touching it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm like, holy money. Wow. But we had to, out on uh, airplanes because of velocity, uh, the windshield on our airplanes, we had to use uh, a special kind of razor blade uh, just to clean the windows. Yeah. Huh. And nothing would, no kind of cleaner would take the bugs off that splatted and then were dry, dried by, you know, 300 mile an hour winds or whatever. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Yeah, my parents, they, um, well, my dad has, he bought some airplanes One's a Cessna 172. That's a super common one, right? I believe. Yeah. And then he bought a Cirrus. I think it's an SR-22, which is a really nice plane. And um, it's funny. They got all these special cleaners for it. And they um, every time they fly, my, my mom loves cleaning stuff. Like, growing up, our cars were always immaculate. Like, the inside was always... It was always my job on a Saturday. I had to vacuum. Every single week, we had to vacuum armor all clean the windows like our cars always were really clean and my mom still does that and she like they'll they'll get in somewhere and then they'll go home the next day they'll go to the hangar my dad will do whatever and my mom will spend like three hours cleaning the airplane but they got the special cleaner because the wings they've got these these little perforations you can't even see them but it's for de-icing solution and it actually comes out of the surface of the wings and so there's like most normal cleaners, you can't use it because they'll clog it up, but they got these special cleaners and stuff. And my mom will get every single bug off of that airplane uh, the next day when they get in. It's kind of funny. So it's like we were putting up a new door in the hangar and uh, my mom's just cleaning for hours and hours and hours and hours. And that's pretty cool. But yeah, I haven't been up in my dad's new airplane yet. I think, I think all my kids have, I don't know for sure, but it's a pretty cool little plane. It's the kind that have, um, if you ever have an engine failure or whatever, it has a parachute built into it. And so if you're going down, you can press a button and then I believe, no, I think the whole plane stays intact. Um, but it's basically like the, the skin on the back of it, say from the cab rearward, will open up and the parachute's actually in there. And so it actually causes some damage to like the outside of the, the plane you'd have to get repaired, but... Have you ever seen those Cirrus airplanes? Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they w had to wait. I forget how long. <clears throat> I think my dad waited for like he was a year and a half wait list. But it's pretty cool. Big boy toys right there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then when you... So my dad ordered it even before he had his license. And then... Because he knew there's a long wait. And then also they had a thing in Canada 
there, I don't know if it's coming yet or not, but any um, recreational purchase or they call it a luxury purchase over, I think, half a million dollars, it's uh, 50% tax on it or 50 or 40. So if I buy a yacht, the government will tax you like 40% on it. And, um, and so this was coming in. So my dad's like, I better buy this airplane before, <laughs> before this stupid law comes in. But it's crazy. But so far, this podcast is all a bit about snakes and bugs and gross things. <laughs> True. Nice. Hey, I was just going to mention, um, have you ever heard of the YouTube channel Mav, M-A-V? No. Okay. Because he would just talk when you're talking about Finland and Iceland. He's So he's like a... He's like a vlogger, um, does a lot of fishing, a lot of camping. Um, but I don't know. I'm, he's pretty young. Like he might be 30, but I am, his videos just hold my attention. Like, man, not every, I don't love all of them, but I don't know. He films everything. Like, it's just, it's very interesting. And I was, I was just thinking that cause he was like in, I think he was in Finland doing some fishing and then he was in Iceland, but. I don't know, man. I'd recommend that'll be my recommendation for the week. Um, he's got quite a few, maybe like two million subscribers or something like that. But um, he's he might even be younger than thirty. He might be like twenty something. But just the way that he films, like it's usually just only himself, and it's not like over the top, you know. But it's very interesting. He was just in Japan touring in Japan. He'll like rent these little campers, like a little motorhome, and then he does a lot of cooking, like like cooking in an RV or something like that. And very interesting. I really like that YouTube channel. Might, might be something you might like, Todd. I don't know. I'll look at it. All righty. Oh, what you've been up to other than uh, starting your little reptile palace? Not really much of anything. Right on. Yeah, no, we have just been busy, busy. Doing normal things. Calgary Stampede. It was the first day of the Stampede is today. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. You sure notice that like this whole week you've noticed traffic increase and increase and increase. And it's like, wow. Go anywhere and it's just, I don't know. I don't know how many people come through. I think it's, I think over the course of a week it's like a million people go through the gates. Or maybe maybe it's more. I don't even know. But you, it's a, it's an event significant enough that you really notice a, you know, an influx of people in the city and around the city. And right now, if you drive to Calgary, you're gonna see tons of pickup trucks and horse trailers. Like it's incredible, just the sheer number of, you know, people got an event one day and then this day and then they're going to this rodeo and they're going to that rodeo. And this time of year, out on the highways, it's all horse trailers. I love it though. I love rodeo. I don't like the stampede because it's so busy, but I like rodeos. They're fun. And then I don't know. I might might go to the stampede. I haven't gone for years, but um, <clears throat> Steph was on this on this website or something like that talking about. It's like a food group she's on, and the the stampede. The fun thing about it is that all the different like food vendors, probably half of them, are out there. Like, they're always pushing the limits. Like, I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago, they had, like, deep-fried Oreos, and I'm like, what is this? And uh, one of the things they have now is, like, a, a Mexican-inspired ramen. And when you, when I hear it, I'm like, that, I don't know about that. And then it's like, God, when I was reading how they do it, I'm like, oh, that would be so good. And they are saying this year in particular, it seems like, you know, you got your basics. You got your hamburger stands, your mini donuts, and all the, the normals. But then a lot of them, they're saying that this year they seem to be really pushing the boundaries on fusion and like out their food and so i thought oh man that that might be kind of fun go there just to eat and then we have pancake breakfasts all the time and there's there's a website i forget what it is but it'll tell you all the different pancake breakfasts like businesses will put them on tons of churches put them on i'd say every morning there's probably 50 pancake breakfasts in the city that you could go to like it's just it's incredible Stabbings are at us all time. I, th I think like 90% of the stabbings in the city of Calgary happen during the stampede. <laughs> my, my wife has a cousin who was stabbed during the stampede. Um, my next door neighbor, old neighbor, he was a city cop. He's retired. 
But he said, it's unbelievable how many stabbing calls they get. It's like, well, you think we wouldn't have any crime because you're not allowed to have a gun. I don't know. People just use what they have to do what they want to do. It doesn't matter, you know. But I call it stupid. Yeah. It, yeah. But yeah, and then the, the kids that see at our, our church, they have this thing called crossover sports. And so it's like... Uh, it's like a like a camp kids go to, and it's only like half days. And um, I think there's like 400 kids that went this week. And so Kobe works for the church. He's doing an internship this summer. And so obviously he's there. And then Isaiah and Ava volunteer for it. And so they're there. So basically every morning they're gone, except for today. And then next week, Foster's participating in it. And um, they'll do basketball, <laughs> pickleball, uh, hockey, like street hockey. And it's cool because uh, one of the guys that helps lead this, the street hockey is Jay Beagle. And he won a Stanley Cup a couple years ago with, I forget who, but, um, but yeah, I know he's obviously a decent hockey player. And uh, the kid's just like, oh, yeah, my kids were saying like, he's huge. He's like six, seven or six, eight and just a big guy, like big shoulders. They say it's like super friendly super nice guy and high energy like just runs around playing street hockey with the kids and stuff and but they say when you first meet him it's just just intimidating you know he's crazy guy that guy he's big into motocross he so two months ago he broke his back he uh he was going over a jump and he went a little too hot and crashed broke his back and then he wasn't allowed to move for a while one of those times when you break your back but there's no damage but it's just a huge risk and so he had this, you know, the back brace you have to wear and all this stuff. And basically when he'd go to bed, his wife would have to take it off and he wasn't allowed to move at all at night. And then when he'd wake up, his wife would have to put it on. And he went into the, um, the doctor after a couple months, this was two weeks ago. And the doctor said, yeah, you're looking pretty good. Um, but he says, we're going to start weaning you off it. You know, you're, you can take it off for a couple hours a day here and there. And he just never put it on after that. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, typical hockey player. Yeah, but yeah, no, things are just busy, good and busy. Had yeah, a, you know what? Uh, you had uh, we had talked about a YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Yeah, let me uh, let me give it a shot" because I recognized the guy, but I never really watched a lot of his stuff. Which one was it? Uh, Matthias Wandel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't like him. Yeah, he's weird. Don't, don't like him at all. Yeah. Because um, I just happened to pick one randomly, but happened to pick one that was about uh, woodworking in particular, like uh, fixing uh, antique piece that's broken and I say it that way because he didn't restore shit. <laughs> um, it had a broken leg, and he screwed it together from the outside of the leg. All right. Uh, no, you no, <laughs> stop. That's funny. Uh, in fact, the uh, maker police should go to his shop and just um, take all of his tools from him. How dare you! Huh. Yeah, you got to admit that. I mean, okay, I won't say he does everything right, but if if you watch a few of his videos, he's he's very intelligent. Well, he thinks he's doing it right. And does he's he? telling you this is how you should do it. Uh, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh sorry. That's not how you <clears throat> fix things. Now, <clears throat> will it work? Yeah, but you've ruined any value whatsoever. Mhm. Mm Actually, all value. It's now worth negative dollars. Mm -hmm. So, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, having said all of that, if it's yours and you're never going to try to pass it off at, to someone else as something that isn't, I don't care what you do. Mm -hmm. But do he was discussing during the video, you know, fixing things as if it were... As good as new. Mm. 
No, it doesn't. Yeah. And you sit there and you talk crap about glue. You know, mm. to fix this thing. It's over 100 years old and the glue just failed. And that was hide glue made from a dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this, um, the, the marvelous glues we have now. Yeah. I'm just saying. Huh. Yeah, it's a, you know, he's one of those channels where I, I just, I think it's probably because he started YouTube so long ago. But I'm like, if he started his channel today, he wouldn't get any traction. Like, I, I don't know his, I don't know, it's weird. Like yeah, his, I don't think the, uh, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about the guy. I'm not. Um, but looking at it objectively, I don't think that Jimmy would either. No, that's true. If he started today, I don't think Jimmy DeResta would be as, you know, could get as popular as he is now. Hmm. Yeah. One, because he's an old white guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they're never going to push him. Yeah. But two, um, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it, it's... Uh, I, th I think like part of the reason that, that I think Jimmy did well is because before, I mean, I mean his style, they call it the Jimmy DeRista style where you basically slap a GoPro somewhere and you fast forward it. And then, um, there's a setting you can use called preserve pitch so that if you fast forward something, it won't be all sound fast forwardy. And, and he has that off. And so it sounds like you're fast forwarding a VHS tape or something, right? And I think he was one of the first people to do that. And it was different. You know, any building things before were kind of like this old house or something like that, where it's, no, okay, we're going to take this. We're going to, but he would do these ones in his dingy New York basement there and not explain anything. Uh, the one thing I'll give GMB is that he's, he, he's not confined by rules of, of, of processes. Oh, no, I got you. And that's yeah. one of the things I used to like about him. Like mm -hmm. his vlogs when he would sit at the kitchen table with a cup mm -hmm. of coffee and then talk to you about what he did that past week or month and then show you a clip of it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then some of his um, projects that he did back then were immensely uh, entertaining. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, no, I, I, it's unwatchable for, for me. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, YouTube's a weird one, man. I had a comment. Some guy said, please, please, please get back to making knife videos, please. And I'm like, ah. <sighs> the, the, I, I feel so bad. Like, the last thing I really want to do is make a knife video. I still love making videos, but knife videos? No. And we've talked about this before. You know, I mean, yeah, if I was. Tell, just tell the next person that says that, look. Go to my Patreon, you put $10,000 a month in there, and I'll make a video just for you. Mm -hmm. But until then, <laughs> that's right. I got to make videos, one, I enjoy because I won't do it if I don't enjoy it, and then two, you know, that get promoted and are popular. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that the knife stuff isn't, I think it's fizz, it's dying down a little bit. I think, I don't know. And it's funny because, like, I'll do a knife video and... You know, of other videos I've done and knife videos, the knife videos haven't performed very well lately. And not that I've done a lot at all, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's it's weird. And um, like I have a, a, that one I did, my, e, my little EDC toolkit. And I'm like, that was, that was, I literally just sat there and it was a one, one shot filmed it I, I put it up as like oh whatever i just want to do get something up and then that you know that i think i've got like four thousand subscribers from it it's got like i think like two hundred sixty thousand views and i'm like what and then i put in all the work like i thought that swiss army knife would be a, an interesting video and because i show the whole process and it is like problem solving and this and that and there's like no views it's got like three thousand views or something stupid it's like man i put a week into this probably 20 hours of editing Maybe not 20, maybe 10. But I put all this work into it and it bleh. And then I just do something. I take 10 minutes and make a video. I take like 
uh, that edit might have been 15 minutes, like just bit, 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 done. And it's like, boom. So I'm like, okay. And then it's also like, you know what? So like I've got X number of subscribers, whatever it is. And then you look at the actual people that watch it and it's like, those subscriber numbers don't matter. You know, the, the people that have subscribed to my channel aren't watching my channel, <laughs> you know? And then I'm also like, do you make content for what you think your current or previous audience want to see? Or do you think about it? I was just thinking about this this morning. When I was making coffee. Do you make content for a future audience? You know, I don't know. It's weird. Weird, weird, weird. Well, I was watching something. Uh, and this guy is a, a he, well, he's a lawyer, but he does a very peculiar area of law that deals with social media issues. Mm -hmm. Oh, YouTube has deleted him mm. because they just got tired of him um, exposing what they do. Yeah. Whether they mean to do it or not, he's exposing it. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. Well, he found uh, a company found him and they're able to tell you um, of your subscribers, which ones watch your videos. Oh, really? Not numbers, but which ones. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. Well, they were, they kept telling he, and he has another channel where he doesn't show himself and he won't tell you what channel that is because mm. he doesn't want that deleted. And it has nothing to do with the law. Yeah. I don't know what it is because I can't find it. Hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. They told him on the other channel, he says, I have about somewhere between two and five million subscribers. Hmm. You know, I don't want anybody to be able to narrow it down. Right? Yeah, yeah. And... My average video from 2022 got roughly 250,000 views, right? Mm -hmm. That's the average video. And he puts out two or three a week. He's I make a pretty good living off that channel, you know, for what it is. And But YouTube is always telling me that you know, only 20% of my subscribers actually watch the videos, only 40% of my subscribers. And he said it's never, their guesstimates are never over 40%. Hmm. Oh, and you need to do this and you need to do that to keep your subscribers um, uh, engaged. Mm -hmm. Well, he, and then this company contacted him because he was talking about this issue over on his lawyer channel and they said, YouTube's lying to you, just straight up. They lie to everybody. But you in particular, because we found your other channel, and we did a deep dive using our technology, and you're not getting, you know, 150, 250,000 views. You've got roughly 3 million subscribers, and you're getting about half of those subscribers watching every video mm -hmm. but they're only giving you credit for 10 percent of that yeah and then they're lying to you that well of those 10 percent, only 40 percent of those are actual subscribe you know because they want you to do all this other crap yeah that makes them money not you yeah but I mean, when he started talking about this he said it was minutes after that video went up his whole lawyer channel was Deleted. Oh, wow. They've never once sent him an email saying you violated terms of service. They've never told him they deleted it. Huh. But it's gone. That's crazy. Yeah. And he's, uh, I get the suspicion, all right, that he's Canadian. Mm. I, because one, he sounds American. He sounds, you know, like American English. Mm -hmm. But some of the, theory he talks about is more flavored like Canadian law. No. Oh, okay. But he was also talking about suing YouTube for a specific issue. Well, you can't do that here. Mm. 
but you can do it in the EU and you can do it in Canada. So hmm. I'm thinking he's Canadian. Interesting. But anyway, I, I don't care. Yeah. I just think it's weird that, because in the end, you don't know. Yeah. And there's a lot of what YouTube, how it operates with algorithms and AI, they don't even know. Yeah. You know? And he said 90% of the time when you're trying to communicate to YouTube, even if they give you a quote unquote inside contact, it's a bot, hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's crazy. I'm like, well, I know I could probably make a lot of money and be reasonably successful if I did a particular kind of YouTube video that I would have a, you know, my, my uh, curmudgeonly comedic personality would lend me to do that, mm -hmm. to like those tool channels that just bash other tools <laughs> yeah. or whatever, something like that. Oh, yeah, I'd be great at that. And those are wildly popular. But believe it or not, that's just not who I am. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'd, let, I'd rather have a YouTube channel where I bashed other YouTube channels, but they won't let you do that because I have, I have a bone to pick with one YouTube person. Um, and it's very difficult for me because one, I like watching the guy, but two, we, my wife and I get a kick out of watching him, making fun of him. Mm. I mean, not him, but what he's doing. Yeah. The fact that he's so half ass in what he does I couldn't reasonably feel comfortable at his skill level charging people for work. Huh. And I'm like, and I know I'm being harsh, but still. That's funny. But, you know, Adam Booth is incredibly popular on YouTube, and there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like his videos. I don't know why. Well, the one where he was, he took, you know, three or four episodes to repair a gear um, when he was almost done fixing the gear and then he broke it mm -hmm. by doing something so incredibly stupid. A day two intern at a machine shop would know not to do that. Hmm. Um, he was pressing a bearing into the, um, into a gear, right? Mm -hmm. Cause he had to bore it out to make it concentric with the, uh, outside of the gear. Well, he put the bottom of the gear and the hole. He's trying to put a, sleeve in flat on a flat machined metal surface. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then he takes the, uh, uh, the green thread lock compound for bearings mm -hmm. and he coats the outside of the sleeve and he puts it in. He doesn't lift. So there's room for the, uh, any kind of air or any kind of, uh, the oh, like a hydraulic uh, lock or something exactly what happened yeah. he's pressing it in and you can hear it it starts that bubble pop wow. and then he breaks the thing open <laughs> i'm like i mean and that's the kind of thing where you just wonder was that a comment generator yeah yeah but no because you go all the way back to the beginning of his show um and not so much when he was working and showing videos from in motion, the company he used to work at, mm -hmm. but most of the ones at his home shop at his personal business, particularly in the last um, three years have just been, I'm like, really? Hmm. Really? Yeah. Have you ever seen it? What's that? No. Uh, have you ever seen the, the channel called inheritance machining? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. I like it. It was uh, recommended to me once, mm -hmm. you know, on my recommended things. I didn't click on it, and I've never seen it again. Hmm. That'll be another recommendation of mine. So, I, so I, I guess it's a guy who inherited, I think, his grandfather's machine shop mm -hmm. and decided from that to learn how to machine. And his channel's actually doing really well really high quality videos, mostly all voiceovers. And 
man for a guy who's not a machinist but just wanted to learn it as a hobby and i'm pretty sure my understanding is that that's the, his situation but man he does a good job like he'll make a part and he'll go to like those old school drafting tables and do hand drawings of the part to scale and then he'll take that drawing and machine it with all these manual tools i find it interesting because it, it reminds me of when i learned how to machine like that's you know i remember we saw a cnc once when i was in school we weren't allowed to touch it but it's like oh wow that's interesting and they're like but forget about all that right now you need to learn manual machining because you're going to work in a you know in a in a plant somewhere and they're going to have a tool room and you're going to have to make new shafts and this and that but you, you might enjoy that channel inheritance machining i wish i could find a um a machining woodworking fabricating channel that is in fact a uh an industrial millwright doing their job you know mm -hmm. where or, or a millwright type job right yeah like one of my favorite channels steve summers at work that's kind of what he does when he makes one-off parts for scientists right mm -hmm. for energy research at the university of kentucky but you know, if you work in a plant, an industrial setting as a millwright, you're making um, sometimes one-off parts. Mm -hmm. uh, you're fixing uh, industrial machines, and you have enough knowledge about a. You're, you really are a jack of all trades enough where you can dive in and fix something you've never seen before, mm -hmm. because the theories are all the same. You know, hydraulic theory is the same no matter what kind of hydraulic system it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's cool. Also, I got to I gotta get cruising soon, but um, I'm going to start venturing into digital fabrication with... Uh, Guess, guess what I've got coming. Here, here's a guessing game for you. It's from a company, and they're sending it to me. You got a 3D printer coming, don't you? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, Waze? Nope. Uh... Practical for certain portion, for one specific process in knife making. Oh, okay. Um... You got a plasma table coming? No. Oh. <laughs> I got a laser coming. Ooh. Yeah. N nothing too crazy, but have you heard of X-Tool? Yeah. So they reached out and they wanted to send me a little, like a 20-watt diode laser. And then I, I said, well, I want the biggest one you have. <laughs> they have a really nice desktop one. And it's, uh, you, you, oh, what's, you know, Glowforge. Yeah. They say it's a Glowforge killer. And it's actually like, I've seen a bunch of videos and it looks pretty good. Uh, owner Kagler dies in every film, got one from them. And I asked him what it was and he's like, oh yeah. I mean, he's got like 700,000 subscribers and, and stuff. But uh, I'm talking with my guy at X-Tool and he's like, well, he said, he, he said, honestly, he said, we usually reserve those for channels over half a million or if you do some type of digital fabrication. I said, yeah, fair enough. I said, I honestly have no, I've never done anything like uh, no 3D printing. Um, but I said, I said, I'm not interested in this little tiny one. I said, it's going to be too small. I said, first of all, I'd like to be able to cut out leather sheaths because I hate cutting out leather sheaths. I love making leather sheaths, but cutting them is just terrible. And I said, and I want to be able to etch steel, put my logo in or put designs on blades. And they said, okay, how about this? They said, we'll send you that. And then we'll upgrade it to the 40 watt diode laser, which is the most powerful diode laser you can get right now. And then I said, okay, but I want that. And I want the air assist. And I just started <laughs> I'm like, if I'm, if I'm going to do a video and I said, I want an extended table too, so that I can do things. I think you can do like up to two and a half feet. Anyways, I got one of the parts came yesterday and I'm waiting for the other parts to come, but it's pretty cool. They, uh, this one can, um, so it's the. Uh, the d1 pro or something it's their second best laser they make and um i think like i've seen people cut three quarter inch plywood with it but it's not great but i i mean 
um, for stuff, Steph's Etsy stuff, like she does uh, wooden spoons that she like will put, you know, my favorite treats come from what it, whoever they put the names kitchen or whatever. And this thing has the ability to do curved, like mild curved surfaces. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's, I'm just interested because I feel like I need to get into the digital fabrication. Like I am truly being left behind. And it's funny because I have the manual skills. Like if you ask me to build something, I know how to do it. I, I don't need a drawing. I don't need a program. Just give me tools and I'll get it done. You know, whereas a lot of people are like, okay, we need to make this. Let's do a drawing first. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but that is not like, I don't even do hand sketches, but I'm also kind of like, I've got the skill set. I can make stuff. If you just throw me in a room with tools and materials, I'll make what you want. I'll figure it out. And, and that's there, right? It's, it's not like you can just keep doing that. I'm like, it would be actually a stretch me to actually be like, okay, design this, draw it, you know, make a model of it in, in 3d and then, you know, write the G code for it and, and make this with digital tools. And so I'm kind of excited to, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm excited to push myself a little bit, but, um, no, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. I'm going to basically, I think once I get it, I'm going to like monogram everything, <laughs> everything in sight. <laughs> I'll put my name on a piece of toast and then eat it. You name it. It's going to have, going to get engraved in this. I don't know. I'll have to see what all it does, but apparently this thing has really good reviews. I had another laser company reach out to me and uh, I couldn't find enough great information and I was really like oh yeah this was about four months ago and I said yeah you know what no thanks I'm not interested and they keep bugging me and bugging me and I'm like no but so we'll see hopefully I'm hoping that'll be here in this next week and then I can start doing stuff but anyways I should probably get can you hear the flute in the background or no 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 Ava's getting all warmed up she's got a this is her final thing for the year, her final flute thing, and it's, it's some exam, and she's playing it accompanied. So we've got a pianist coming here, and then they got to set up the cameras and blah, 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 blah. So I got to go open the gate and all this stuff, get ready for the person to come. And then also, actually, you know what's it's nice? It used to be before if like the kids had school, it's like, okay, we got to get off the internet because we can only have one computer doing something at a time. But man, with this uh, Starling, man, it's working so good. But uh, right on. Any last words for the No for the more show? snakes. No, no more, more snakes. snakes. No kidding. No kidding, man. That's crazy. You can start a YouTube channel on snakes. <laughs> no. Snakes on a plate. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Right on, man. Well, you... Uh, Stay safe from all those snakes there. Yeah. That's a lottery I don't want to win. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Ay, ay, ay. Well, it was good chatting with you again, Todd. Absolutely. And, love it. Yeah, and thanks to our listeners for listening. You guys all have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you all then. <laughs>